Hi, I'm Carmen LaBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBurge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Well, good morning again. It continues to be Tuesday, the twenty-third of August. If you missed the first hour. It'll definitely be available at MyFaithRadio.com. And yes, it will be available as a podcast. I am hearing from many of you that yesterday's show, although it is available on the Faith Radio um, website, MyFaithRadio.com, and also on the Faith Radio app, some of you are not getting it um, via your podcast stream or or host. And so uh, if you use like... Google Podcasts or you use Apple Podcasts, um, I am aware that you're not, you don't have it loaded. You don't have yesterday's um, show loaded. And so you can go and get it at the Faith Radio app or you can go and get it at MyFaithRadio.com until we figure out why it's not populating on those um, most popular of hosting services. I also forgot at the end of the last hour to tell you that we had books to give away. So if you heard my conversation with Alice Matagora um, on disciple making and you want to enter the drawing for the copy uh, uh, copies of the books that we have in studio, go ahead and text the word book to 877-933-2484 because they're going to clutter up Paul's um, very small office and it would be nice for him to be able to send them out to you. I'd appreciate right, that. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and if you didn't hear my conversation with Alice, you can do so later. Um, or if you just know that you want help in disciple making, you want to save the world, um, then uh, you want to see the world be saved through Jesus, through the making of disciples, then go ahead and text the word book to 877-933-2484. There you go. Um, Uvalde. My attention returned to uh, Uvalde as I was reading headlines and, and articles today. This one caught my attention in the New York Times. Children fear going back to school in Uvalde. The headline is, I don't feel safe. So it doesn't surprise me that just three months after 19 students and two teachers died in a mass shooting at Robb Elementary School, that some students are um, not ready to go back to school at all and certainly not ready to go um, back to school in uh, these provisional um, mobile classrooms that are being added to other schools so that the the kids from Robb Elementary, you know, will have somewhere to go to school. So they're going to be these portable classrooms. I, I, I don't know that I would feel safe as a kid. Um, and so a couple of different things happening there. Enrollment at Sacred Heart Catholic Church's K through sixth grade school in Uvalde has doubled over last year's enrollment. Many other students um, opting to take classes online, which are now available to those who don't feel ready to return to in-person school. Um, I think there are a lot of families making um, a lot of decisions based on their their child's education. And so we want to be really encouraging and supportive. And um, if they're, you know, you may not live in Uvalde. In fact, you very likely don't. It's a very small community. But my guess is you do live in a place where there might be a child who would prefer 
to go to a private school this year and their family might need help paying for that. So prayerfully consider that, like prayerfully consider um, providing or helping to provide for a child in your community. Maybe it's a child in your church. Maybe it is a child you're aware of because you read something in the headline news and you recognize, hey, that's a kid that's not going to be ready to go back to regular school. Um, Yeah, maybe you could be a part of the network of folks that provide for that child's um, ongoing education in some in some particular way. And maybe it's not um, financially. Maybe it is um, that you're, you know, you're already homeschooling a kid and maybe you could homeschool another kid. I don't exactly know how all that works, but there you go. Um, I was also uh, aware that Toby Mac has released his first album since the death of his son, Truett, um, a couple of years ago, three years ago now in 2019. Truett died of an accidental drug overdose. He was 21 years old. And Toby Mac has released an album called Life After Death. And it's filled with songs of lament and sadness and the mourning of a father who is um, making declarations about the goodness of God. And so I am not a person who often recommends music uh, because I'm not really a music person. But in terms of the, the spirit of this album, and the subject matter that Toby Mac covers, um, I, you know, I just wanted to, I just wanted to say, you know, the parents are getting up in the dark. Parents are getting up in the dark. What happens to a family after the death of a child? Well, some families disintegrate and others get up in the dark because they turn their, um, they turn, you know, to the one who is the sole source of life, even life after death. And that's Jesus Christ. So I wanted to highlight the Life After Death album of Toby Mac. Hey, why don't you and I just continue to spend a little time um, together here uh, in, in just a moment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask this question. It, this is another life question because we talk about life after death, but I want to talk about life in general. When does it begin and who gets to decide? Who gets to decide who is born? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. When uh, when does life begin and who gets to decide? There are a number of um, of states across the country. I think there are three um, where these abortion trigger bans are going into um, into effect. Uh, yeah, I'm going to read here from an NPR piece. Three more states are poised to enact abortion trigger bans. This week, those would be uh, Tennessee, Idaho and Texas. Thirteen states have legislation that was designed to, quote, automatically outlaw abortions once the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Um, And in some states, those trigger laws um, were written so that abortions were immediately prohibited, prohibited without needing any further action. And um, in some states, there was some kind of 30 day requirement or a certification by the state's uh, attorney general on and on and on. So Tennessee. Um, has banned abortions once cardiac activity is detected. We call those heartbeat bills. It's about six weeks of pregnancy. Um, so I think uh, on the 25th of this month, 
Nearly all abortions will be outlawed in the state of Tennessee, except in cases related to um, a, an abortion that would prevent the death or serious injury uh, of a pregnant woman. And so um, that that will probably be tested um, in various ways. Um, Idaho has a similar to Tennessee uh, law. Idaho has already banned abortions beyond six weeks of pregnancy in a law that took effect last Friday. And then in Texas, abortion has already been outlawed in Texas because of um, the law that I think we're all aware of. But it's now being enforced. And um, and there are no exceptions for cases of rape and incest in the Tennessee or the Texas laws. And I think those are going to be pressure points for conversation. Because who gets to decide? Um, who Who gets to decide when life begins and who gets to decide what constitutes a human life and who gets to decide if uh, a pregnancy is going to be terminated. And you and I um, all know the very straightforward answer, biblical answer to that question. The very straightforward answer is God alone is the giver of life. God alone is the creator and the giver of life. He's the author of life. And God alone has the, the, you know, the power of life and death in his hands. Um, And so from a strict Christian, redemptive gospel worldview, I am going to say that out loud. And then I am also going to say we live in a pluralistic society um, where not everybody believes what the Bible says and, and not, not everyone acknowledges that God is God. And that doesn't mean that um, I, I stop advocating for biblical principles. It does mean that I recognize that um, there are good things that might be done that fall short of what might be perfect. And I recognize that. So there's a bipartisan bill to, um, to codify Roe that actually abortion rights groups don't like um, because there are people who advocate on the pro-abortion side of this conversation for, for things that go well beyond, well beyond um, what might be causing risk to the life of the mother. And so um, I think we should be watching what happens with the Reproductive Freedom for All Act. It is not uh, one that I am supportive of at all, um, because I would like to see um, us as a nation commit to protecting the life of the innocent, um, the voiceless, the, the truly little, small, right? Um, but I also recognize that um, there are compromises that people are going to make, particularly at a legislative level, where we might hope to end up with something good that's not perfect. This bill is not it, by the way. This bill is not good. Um, it's, it's very far from perfect, but it's also not good. So I think this is a conversation that's ongoing, and I think that we each and all need to become more familiar with what the Bible actually says about life and God's affirmation of it. So um, when we talk about ethics and when we talk about how you and I um, as Christians advocate, advocate in the culture today, are we focused on virtue or are we focused on politics? Think about that for just a moment. When I'm advocating for whatever it is I'm advocating for, so even on the subject of life, when I'm advocating, am I advocating for virtue and for the cultivation of virtue in the culture? Or am I just making political speech? 
That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do every morning on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. I don't want you to miss any of it. So check out the free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. One of the things I would like for you to consider is becoming a Faith Radio ambassador. We talk about walking our faith out into the world that God so loves and doing so in ways that honor Jesus. Well, that's because we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. You can become a Faith Radio ambassador today and help us get the word out to others about this and other programs on the Faith Radio Network. Uh, We will supply everything that you need to share with others, and you can sign up to be a Faith Radio ambassador at MyFaithRadio.com. Well, good morning. Welcome. I am Carmen LaBerge. For those of you just joining us, the question um, before us is the question of virtue or politics. Mm-hmm. Or virtue in politics. And what we're actually advocating for in the public square. So I want you to think about your own personal advocacy. And if you say to yourself, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really out there advocating. Mm-hmm. Every time we open our mouths on a subject, we're advocating for one thing or another. Right? We are taking a position and we are um, advancing something. We're advancing an idea. We're advancing a viewpoint. Um, we are advancing toward a goal. Because if we're not, then we're just losing ground. And, and I'm not interested in just losing ground every day to the enemy. So you and I as Christians are on the advance. We are advancing the gospel always and in all ways. So are we doing that um, as advocates of virtue? Or just advocates of politics, because those are different things. So um, one of the guys that I read regularly is David French. And um, so I'm going to share something that is in the dispatch, which may be behind a paywall for you. So I'm just going to share with you what he has said in this piece called Christian Political Ethics Are Upside Down. And David French makes this observation um, that three things are true at once. And the three things um, are, first, that the United States is the most Christian advanced democracy in the world. And you may say to yourself, that's not possible. Um, Yes, it actually is possible. So even though we have declining rates of religious belief and declining rates of church attendance here in the United States, there's still a super majority of Americans who identify as Christians, 65%. Down from 81%, yes, but 65% is still um, a supermajority. And, and it's not just um, adherence. Like, we're talking about intensity. Pew Research has a chart that demonstrates that it measure, measures the percentage of people by country who say that religion is very important in their lives. Um, and in the United States, it's a lot more important than it is to people in Europe or Asia who say, yeah, religion's not really that important in their lives. So um, so the first thing that is true is that the United States is the most Christian advanced democracy in the world, which that would be quite a thing to, to state over lunch today somewhere. The second is this. Both the Republic and the Democratic parties are utterly dependent on their most devout members for electoral success. So the far right and the far left control what happens in our two major parties. So the extreme ends are controlling what is happening. And so um, 
if you would say to yourself, well, Christians are um, voting more often, self-identified evangelical Christians anyway, are voting more often in one party than the other, then that party should reflect Christian virtues. Virtues. But it doesn't. It reflects politics. And so um, the third observation that David French makes is this. American political culture is a toxic, hyper-partisan, corrupt, increasingly violent mess. And so that shouldn't be if those first two things are true. If the, if the first truth holds that, um, that America really is exceptional in that we are the most Christian advanced democracy in the world, then we should not have a political culture that's toxic, hyperpartisan, corrupt, and increasingly uh, a violent mess. Because most of the people involved in that American political culture should be statistically Christian. You see the challenge there, right? Um, in John 13, and again, I'm, I'm continuing to read parts and pieces from uh, a piece posted by David French at the Dispatch called Christian Political Ethics Are Upside Down, because the one is driving the other. I mean, that's the point that he's going to make. Our politics are driving us um, and not our religious virtue. So in John 13, he notes that Jesus declared, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Well, so that is what you might expect to see in a culture where a full 65% of people are not only enthusiastic about religion, like they describe it as very important in their lives, but identify as Christian. You would think then that the world would know us by our love, by the way we love one another, even across the aisle. But we don't love one another across the aisle. Growing shares of both Republicans and Democrats, we talked about this um, earlier, say that members of the other party are immoral, dishonest, and closed-minded. Like, we, we literally think that the people on the other side of the aisle can't possibly be Christian, although statistically, most of them are, at least in terms of the way they self-identify. So we have to think about that. I mean, we got we to gotta think about the things that are antithetical to a Christian moral ethic. And some of those are really obvious. The life question that we just surfaced seems a really obvious um, conversation to have from a Christian moral position. Um, and, and so what does it look like in the midst of a conversation about life right now in the United States of America, a conversation that is, you know, going to be about abortion? I mean, we know that's the life conversation that we're having right now. What does it mean for us to demonstrate in the midst of that the Spirit of God? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I mean, are we just going to push and shove? Or are we going to demonstrate that we are a people possessed of the spirit of the living God? This might be a way for us to evaluate, for us to evaluate candidates just because they say they're Christians. Can you tell they are Christians by their love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control? Yeah, it's countercultural. 
but it also um, is necessary. So when the world is greedy, be generous. When the world is cruel, be kind. When the world is fearful, be faithful. When the world is proud, be humble. So that others might know we are Christians and might be interested in knowing the one who is the Christ. Our friend John Stone Street is up next with Breakpoint. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. How are you feeling uh, today about pot in American jurisprudence? Mm-hmm. So um, across the country, cannabis is increasingly legal in all kinds of forms and in all kinds of places. Um, and so I thought it would be good to have Todd Miles back. Uh, he's from Western Semina- uh, Seminary. He wrote the book Christians and Cannabis. We have talked with him on prior occasions. Thought it would be good to circle back around with Todd and talk about cannabis-related products um, because they're hitting the market all over the place. And in some in some places, like Minnesota, um, state legislators, I'm not even sure, knew what they were doing when they approved THC-laced um, products, uh, many of which look like, you know, They're suitable for children. Looks like candy. So we're going to talk about what's out there, and we're going to talk about the Christian worldview in relationship to it. So that's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. All right, we're catching up with our friend Todd Miles. You can find him at Western Seminary. He's also the author of Christians and Cannabis. Todd, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. All right, so um, across the country now, when we talk about laws related to cannabis and marijuana and THC and CBD with THC only, All right. I have a list of what I think are just four places where it is fully illegal. Idaho, Wyoming, Kansas and South Carolina. Everywhere else, it's either fully legal or legalized. It's legalized for medical. It's decriminalized. It's CBD with THC only. Like it's a patchwork um, beyond that. It's only fully illegal now in four places. Talk with us about what has happened, the pace with which it has happened, and I think what we need to know about um, the fact that there is now a drug out there that is available widely and people are using it. Well, you're right. This has happened at at an incredible pace. It, it feels like just a sea change, uh, but, but that just kind of seems the way that culture is right now, right? That uh, who would have thought that, that we would have had the kind of laws and and protections for for transgenderism and for for even homosexuality? If you're, I'm I'm 55, right? And uh, <laughs> when I was younger, or uh, even a teenager, a young adult, these things would have seemed unimaginable. So uh, things are happening rapidly. Uh, the uh, the the marijuana uh, advocacy groups are are well funded and they are. Uh, uh, 
very, very strategic. They, they, they know what they're doing. Um, and it sounds like that's what's happened in, in Minnesota from everything that I've read. Yeah, so let's turn um, specifically to uh, to Minnesota. We have a lot of listeners in Minnesota. Um, I think that uh, the legalization there of edibles, so I think we need to talk about that, also means that there are now weed drinks on the market. Um, and so what kind of for people who don't know, like what happened in Minnesota? Well, it, it, uh, I'm, I'm not certainly an expert on Minnesota law, but from the, the, the articles that I've read, it, it sounds as though there was some legislation passed that, that, uh, that, that a lot of people were not uh, fully cognizant of, uh, the, 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 the edibles with uh, certain limitations on the, on the amount of THC uh, are, are legal uh, now. And, and it sounds like the state is, is uh, trying to figure out what exactly happened, and then how to uh, navigate through that. Um, a, a, T, a THC edible, of course, is is a uh, well. It is what it sounds like. It is an edible with with THC. THC is is one of the psychoactive uh, drugs uh, that is found in the cannabis plant. It's it, it's really kind of the, the the psychoactive drug of of choice. I mean, when when people. Uh, uh, smoke or, or, or use uh, marijuana like an edible, they're, they're really looking for uh, THC uh, for, for, for whatever reason. Um, and, uh, and yeah, uh, so, so that's, it sounds like that that's what's happened. And of course, it, w- one of the problems with, with THC edibles is that you're, you're getting all of the, the THC, but it's, it's being absorbed into your bloodstream through digestion, uh, which, uh, for for a lot of people, it gets problematic because uh, the effects take longer to to feel. And and what happens often, especially if you don't know what you're doing, is is that people will overindulge, thinking, "Oh, I can just keep eating. I can keep eating because it's not affecting me." But the reason it's not affecting you is because it has it hasn't gotten to your bloodstream yet. Um, and then there's there's just a litany of stories of of, of people who have <laughs> who who didn't think anything was going on, so they keep eating and eating and eating, and and then they have a violent reaction to to, to what is effectively a a, a a THC overdose. Mm. So um, for folks who are listening right now, uh, I just, you know, be aware. We're talking about cookie companies that are looking to expand into THC cookies and other baked goods. We are already talking about like uh, gummies, things that certainly look like candy might be mistaken for candy by children. Um, we're talking about uh, the beverage industry incorporating THC into uh, alcoholic and non-alcoholic um, blends. Uh, and this is still something that is illegal in terms of federal law. And so remind us about that, because I, I think that when we talk about the morality of something, you know, sadly, I mean, you know this, but, you know, sadly, we think that if it's legal, it must be moral. Now, we know better than that because there's tons of stuff that is legal and not moral. Um, but somehow, I mean, I there are a lot of Christians who, for whatever reason, think this is just not that bad. Can you help us? 
Yeah, well, so uh, you are absolutely correct that that TH, well, uh, cannabis is a, a Schedule One drug in the United States, uh, which which means that um, it is deemed by the federal government to, to have no medicinal properties, and so is a is 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 illegal. Now, it it gets I don't know if complicated is the right word, but uh, what what most uh, what, what, what happens most of the time is, is that the federal government really is not going to prosecute anything that isn't prosecutable by, by a state. And so uh, it's, it's still illegal right. at the federal level, but, uh, but uh, you know, it's, it's not like the feds are going to come n- knocking on your door if, if they find out that, that, that you have some, some marijuana. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, we're, we're in this place and we should have always known this, that, uh, that, that government is really not a good guide to, uh, to what is moral. We, we can think of all sorts of things that, that are, are legal, uh, that, that are proscribed by scripture that is forbidden by scripture. I, I mean, even something like, like gluttony and, and lust, right? The, these are soul killers. Uh, but, but I'm not, and I suppose you, I suspect you're probably not all that interested in the, in, in government prosecuting, uh, sins such as that. And so, uh, by, by, by simply saying, uh, hey, you know, it's, it's not against the law. So therefore it must be okay. It must be right. It, it must be moral. Uh, well, that's never been the case, and and it is increasingly obvious that that's not the case now. Talk with us about cannabis um, and psychedelics in general as quote sacramental elements. What what is that conversation <laughs> about? Well, uh, so th- there's a a a, a, a word uh, entheogen, e n t h e o g e n entheogen, which is. Uh, a, a, a psychedelic drug that is supposed to unlock uh, spiritual realities. And, and, and a lot of, of proponents will say, hey, my relationship with the Lord is, is far better. Um, there, there's all sorts of cannabis churches out there. And I, I know it's a really strange uh, combination of words. You wouldn't expect that, but, but, but they're all over the place. Um, and some of them are are at least uh, Christian in terms of some confession. Uh, most most are not, but 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 a church isn't necessarily uh, Christian. And and the idea is is that when you take a psychoactive drug, it it unlocks uh, certain uh, parts of your brain, parts of your soul to uh, to, to greater realities. Um, if you do any research at all, you, you'll find that. Uh, these these things have, or th- these churches, so, so-called churches, have have far more to do with uh, with with Buddhism and New Age mysticism that, than they do with with anything uh, Christian. Um, but that that's the argument out there, and and I it's it's not that big of an overstatement uh, to say that, that that a lot of the so-called cannabis churches uh, were, were really far more. Uh, concerned about marijuana distribution. This was a way under some sort of, of uh, separations uh, policy to, to, to distribute uh, marijuana and, 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 and to uh, get it into the hands of people. I, I know that probably there, there are certain uh, Christian uh, cannabis groups who would say, oh, that's just not true, but, but, but I'll stand by that statement. Yeah, there's a lot of people listening who may not know that actually uh, many of the religious freedom rights that we argue for 
um, and the case upon which we depend at the Supreme Court level had to do with this issue in 1990 um, uh, case related to peyote, right? I mean, it's the, this goes back to, um, yeah, so this has been around for a while. We're just seeing a proliferation of it now as, um, frankly, as marijuana is not only socially acceptable, but becoming legal in more and more places. We're going to continue our conversation with Todd Miles in just a moment. We're going to bring this um, to bear uh, just in terms of how do we go about making moral decisions as Christians in a culture awash in this kind of immorality. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. He put that hunger in your heart. He put that fire in your soul. His love is the reason to keep on. All right, lots of people are texting in saying, What? What? I missed this. What do you mean it's legal in Minnesota? Uh, yeah, I am looking at the house.gov for Minnesota. Uh, so, Minnesota House of Representatives website. You can read right there. Um, welcome to the official webpage of Minnesota's adult use cannabis legislation. Okay, so they've got all kinds of information about legalizing adult use of cannabis and the status of um, of the law in Minnesota. So there you go. It's uh, been decriminalized in Minnesota. It is regarded as mixed in terms of its legalization of like the parts and pieces. But yeah. You ought to know what's going on in your state, no matter where you live. Todd Miles is with us from Western Seminary. He's the author of Christians and Cannabis. Todd, part of this is like the decision-making process that um, a Christian uses related to any moral decision-making. So can we take a step back from the should I or should I not uh, go and buy some um, pot gummies and instead have a conversation about how a person would go about making such a decision? Yeah, well, it's, of course, it'd be great if there was like a Bible verse that said, you know, thou shalt not uh, use THC, uh, but but uh, there, there's not. And, and, and I think that's that's okay. I, otherwise, <laughs> our Bibles would be enormous, right, with all these these rules. Um, it, it, it seems to me that, that, that what the Lord is far more interested in, rather than just giving us a cookbook approach, is that he wants to, to grow us up in wisdom. You read through the New Testament, uh, that, uh, that, that seems to be one of the... Uh, culminating goals of uh, of of uh, of the christian life is 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 to grow in wisdom um and so how how do you uh think biblically about something that is not actually in the bible uh i i believe the bible is sufficient we have all the divine words that we need and and so uh I think that there's plenty that the Bible has to say uh, about intoxication. Uh, We know that that is just full stop, 
forbidden. Uh, there's there's no uh, category for for recreational intoxication that's okay. Um, and so so I, I would start there. Uh, the Bible has uh, plenty to say about addiction as well. We we are not to uh, to be so dependent on something that that we uh, create uh, artificial needs or uh, where we make poor choices in order to to meet that need, where where we risk harm to self and others. Um, and 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 the Bible has no category for what we talked about earlier, this uh, an entheogen, where we need some sort of psychoactive drug to unlock the mysteries. Uh, no, rather, the, the Bible speaks to being sober-minded. And, of course, being sober-minded is, is more than just avoiding intoxication, but it's not less than that. You, you, you can't be sober-minded while you are high. Um, uh, the, the the scriptures speak to, to to meditation, yes, but not the uh, the, the Eastern mysticism sort. Uh, meditation in the Bible, the the Hebrew word is uh, hagah, and it literally means to like to to mutter over, where, where you're thinking so hard about the Word of God. Uh, that that it's like your lips are moving, right? You're 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 thinking hard and clearly and well, um, and so I think those are some of the considerations that that we would want to uh, think about. Uh, we'd we'd also want to think about potential risks as well, and 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 THC uh, is full of of risks, uh, medical risks, um, uh, men- mental health risks, uh, addiction risks. I think those are some of the considerations uh, where the Bible has plenty to say about those things, even if it doesn't mention uh, marijuana specifically. We have a listener, um, Todd, asking us to make a a clear distinction between um, medicinal and recreational. And I think that's helpful, right? Because I guess there there are places and ways that it would be used medicinally. and, And we would not be suggesting that, you know, if your doctor's prescribing it, that that there's, you know, some reason like any other um, prescription medication, right? I mean, we're talking about yeah. recreational use, are we not? Yeah. Uh, well, yes, I, I think so. But but I think it's important for people to re- to realize there's there's no difference between medical marijuana and recreational marijuana. Uh, the the only difference is in the purpose. Uh, if mm-hmm. if you you know if if you're in Oregon and, and you want to get marijuana for medical use, then you go to the same exact shop the dispensaries and you buy from the same batches as people who are there for to use it recreationally um uh, yeah and, and and i would also say this i would also say this that, that just because a doctor prescribes something doesn't mean that that it's okay uh, it, maybe one of the benefits of the whole medical marijuana question for christians is, is that there's a stigma attached to the medical use of marijuana, where Christians are saying, hey, th- this was recommended to me, my family, uh, a-, a doctor said you might try this, but but should I really use it? I, I-, I think we should have been thinking that way about opioids, right? Mm. Uh, w- mm. We're in the middle of, a, of an opioid addiction epidemic, uh, and the results have been catastrophic and deadly. Uh, what if What if Christians would have been thinking, uh, man, I, yeah, my, my doctor recommended this, but it might not be the, the best path for me. Um, now, uh, <laughs> I am not against mind-altering drugs for medicinal purposes. Heavens, any anesthesia for <laughs> is, is that way. Mm. The painkillers mm-hmm. are, 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 I think, a, a gift from the Lord. Um, but they come with a price. Uh, they, they come with a price, and they need to be used wisely and in moderation. That's good. That's really helpful. Todd, um, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Um, 
you guys should listen to our prior conversations that we had with Todd. And you can go back to MyFaithRadio.com and just look for Todd Miles. You can also find him at Western Seminary, where he teaches. He is the author of Christians and Cannabis, or Cannabis and the Christian. Um, Thank you so much, Todd, as always. Oh, it was great to be with you, Carmen. Likewise. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. All right. Lots of questions coming in um, in relationship to that conversation. So let me circle back around and say, yes, I I do think there is a big difference between that uh, something that your doctor is prescribing um, or your doctor is recommending because in your state it doesn't require a prescription for you to access it um, in relationship to this conversation about THC and cannabis and CBD and, and all of the derivative forms of it. We've, we've talked on prior occasions about the difference between CBD and THC, and we are talking about those THC-related products that are now available um, uh, as edibles and, and used recreationally. So I'm making the distinction here between recreational use and genuine medical use. And then for the person um, who is asking... Uh, Let's see, what's the what's the difference here um, between alcohol and opioids and like, why is THC not acceptable, but opioids and alcohol are acceptable? Oh, no, I would not say that opioids or alcohol are acceptable um, in terms of recreational use in excess. I mean, I I'm sure that one glass of wine is good for the stomach. I'm also sure that most people aren't just having one glass of wine. So, uh, and I would make a huge distinction there between the recreational use of alcohol and the recreational use of opioids. So um, we are talking about, um, you know, understanding what's out there, what's legal, what's on the market, what people are doing, what people are accessing. Um, And just to say, you know, I don't think you can pick up a brownie or a cookie most places anymore, and certainly not a gummy, and know what's actually in it. So that might be the warning label today. All right, I got one more thing I wanted to talk about, and it's the one parenting decision that really matters. We covered this from The Atlantic a number of weeks ago. The single most important decision that you make for your children, um, statistically, is where you live, where you choose to raise them. And that sometimes moving so that your kids um, will have a, a better chance um, that you that parents need to make that sacrifice to move somewhere else. Well, a very high-profile couple is doing just that. Prince William and his wife, Kate, and their three children are moving out of London into a pretty regular four-bedroom house because they want their children to have the opportunity for a more normal family life. I don't know if they can ever have a normal family life like you and I have normal family life, but I do applaud them for recognizing that for the sake of their children, um, they needed to move. So... Let's uh, let's be thinking about that in terms of what's going on in the culture today. I know we have at least one listener who's made a move recently um, so that her children might uh, live in a more safe community with better schools. And so, you know, I applaud that. I know it is personally sacrificial for the adults in those cases to do that. But, hey, if you know that that's what's better for emerging generations, then, you know, what wouldn't we do? What wouldn't we do for our children to... Um, have opportunities to thrive. Yeah, that's also the conversation at the southern border for lots and lots of people. What wouldn't we do 
for our children to have an opportunity to thrive. It's the conversation going on in Ukraine for millions of people still trying to to leave the country. What wouldn't you do to give your your children an opportunity to thrive? So lots of things to be thinking about today um, from a redemptive and gospel worldview. Thank you for spending this time with me. I just love it. Um, we do still have books to give away from our earlier conversation with Alice Matadora. If you want to know how to save the world, it's a book on discipleship. It's really, um, it's, it's excellent. It's very, very practical. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter the drawing for the copies of How to Save the World, Disciple Making Made Simple that we have to give away today. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.